First, we start with the energy crunch in British Columbia. Demand for power is rising in B.C. Last year, we imported 20% of our electricity primarily from the United States. That was a record last year. Highest imports ever for power in British Columbia. Got Kevin Falcon standing by, leader of BC United, leader of the opposition. Big summit on natural resources this week in Prince George. BC Premier David Eby was there this week. He made a big announcement about expansion of BC hydro infrastructure. Have a listen here. It's an assurance to you that you will have access to clean, stable, affordable electricity to decarbonize your operations and to build jobs in British Columbia. Okay, that's a big announcement there by the government here this week. The opposition also a big announcement today with a resource prosperity plan outlined by Kevin Falcon, the opposition leader. He joins me now. Kevin, thank you for coming on. And thanks very much for having me, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for doing it. First, let's start with your reaction to the announcement from the, the EB announcement there, $36 billion multi-year plan there to expand hydro infrastructure. What do you think of this plan? Well, first of all, <laughs> you know, this is so classic NDP. What they did is they took a 10-year capital plan that BC Hydro already had in place. $24 billion of that 36 was was already monies that they had in place. So really what they're mm-hmm. saying is, we're now going to add $12 billion over 10 years, which is just over $1.2 billion a year. Um, frankly, a rounding error in that company's uh, infrastructure. But the reason why they make these announcements is because it is a massive acknowledgement of the failure that they've done for British Columbia in making sure that we have expanded electricity options. Now, just to understand, and I really want your listeners to remember this, they strongly and vociferously opposed BC Liberal governments that is what we're now called BC United, back when we were pushing and starting the Site C Dam. In fact, I was yeah. there in 2010 with Gordon Campbell when we launched the Site C plan. Christy Clark pushed it through, and the NDP stridently opposed it. Then the second thing they did, Mike, you may recall this, they canceled and wouldn't renew any of the independent power projects we did because one of the things yeah. that we did is we recognized, even with Site C, we wanted to expand the pool of, uh, of renewable power sources. So we did these independent power projects that were made up of solar, wind, tidal, run-of-the-river projects, all feeding in to ensure that we would have electricity self-sufficiency, which we actually wrote into the clean into our Clean Energy Act. Now, what they did is they canceled those projects. They refused to renew them. They said it was a giveaway to Gordon Campbell's corporate friends and supporters, all that usual left, you know, left-wing language they love to pull out. And And where are we today? Well, Last year, there's David Eby saying, uh, actually, even with Site C, we're going to need more power. So we're going to go out and do what? Get independent power yeah. so that we can help. And the problem is we're seven years behind schedule. And so their announcement the other day up north is just an acknowledgement of the fact that they've taken us in the wrong direction to the point where we're now importing power from the United States. Sixty percent of it is fossil fuel driven power. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded the listeners there about the history of the Site C Dam because, thank God, this dam got built and hopefully they throw the switch on it next year because we badly need this power right now. Let's go into the the Wayback Machine here. I'm going to play a clip here. This is John Horgan, okay, then the NDP leader, speaking in 2014 uh against the site c dam listen to what he says here is it all we don't we won't don't need this power have a listen to this we don't need the energy today the cost will be prohibitive 
the environmental consequence is significant, the agricultural consequence is significant. We have a surplus of energy now. I've been talking about this for a number of years. We're, we have more energy in British Columbia than we need. Yeah, we have a surplus. We don't need it. We've got more power than we, than we know what to do with. They didn't want to build this dam. The, the only reason they built the Site C dam, Kevin Falcon, for, for your thoughts, they did not want to complete this project. It was just too far along to stop it, right? Otherwise, they would have killed it. Yeah. Absolutely. They would have absolutely killed it. Thank God the professional civil servant somehow managed to get across to them that maybe it might not be a good idea to write off $5 billion of investment that had already been made as that yeah. thing was moving along. But they still took a year trying to figure out whether they even wanted to go forward with it. But here's the thing, Mike, and this is really important. It's not just Site C. The biggest three projects that we have going on in B.C. right now are Site C, the twinning of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and the Coastal Gas Link LNG Canada project. Together, those three projects represent about $80 billion of capital, and they're distinguished by two things. Number one, they were all supported by B.C. United governments, formerly B.C. Liberal. And number two, they were all opposed by this NDP government that was then in opposition. And I just yeah. want people to think for a second. If those three projects weren't here today, if, if the NDP had been in power back then, then that would mean 50,000 jobs that are currently working on those three projects, all of which earn over 100,000 a year, family-supporting jobs, would disappear. All the investment would have disappeared. All the benefit for communities would have disappeared. And that's why when you have a government that doesn't understand business, doesn't understand leadership and how to make generational decisions, not political, you know, electoral decisions, but generational decisions uh, is not going to be good for this problem. Okay. Let me ask you about what what your government would do should you be, become the premier here in, the, in the, the next election scheduled in the fall. Because I listened closely to the EB announcement here, $36 billion for BC Hydro uh, expansion. A lot of it is infrastructure that is badly needed, but I didn't hear anything about actual power generation. Like, we obviously need the infrastructure to transmit and distribute the power around British Columbia. We're way overdue on that. But what about generating new power? That seems to be the, the missing part, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And, and, and please, I, I, your, your, your public really needs to understand this. You know, um, they just cancelled the Fortis BC $327 million proposal to expand their natural gas pipeline to make sure that there's going to be heating for one of the fastest growing parts in the province, the Okanagan. They canceled that, and BCUC, which, you know, David Eby fired the chair and put in his own chair that's going to follow his direction, BCUC acknowledged that the reason they were doing this was because the NDP's so-called Clean BC plan, which we call Cost BC, actually says that they can't have any major projects happening in BC anymore because they have to shrink the GDP by 10% in order to meet their ridiculous um, um, targets for emission reductions in BC. And, and so that actually means you have to shrink the economy. But what it also means for the Okanagan residents is that in the next two years, they could be facing rolling brownouts or blackouts. And that's the kind of short-termism, short-sightedness that's harming us. Would so you would you approve saying, would you approve that pipeline if you if you absolutely. become if you win the election? Okay, how would you do that? So you would you would overrule. Go ahead. You would overrule the 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 utilities commission and approve that pipeline. No, I would scrap Clean BC, which is one of the reasons why they are saying they have to make that decision because David Eby and the NDP have said we have to shut down all new sources of of production that are going to add to our our emissions. And, yeah. and the problem is. 
At this most recent cold snap we just went through, it's important to recognize that Fortis delivered double the energy of BC Hydro, 22,000 megawatts versus the 11,000 that Hydro produced. Can you imagine? We've got a government now that wants to shut down natural gas as a source of heat in the fastest growing province in the country. Uh, and, and where are we going to replace that? What with? And okay. that's the short-sightedness, just like the short-sightedness on not uh, supporting Site C. Can you uh, briefly remind the listeners where you stand on the carbon tax here? And we got a carbon tax increase scheduled to kick in here on April 1st. Let me play a clip of David Eby here going after you for flip-flopping on the carbon tax. Here's what he had to say about you, and then I'll get your thoughts. Here's Eby. The other side of the house is desperate to justify their about-face on climate action. It's embarrassing. They will say anything to get elected. Okay, so he says you'll get any say anything to get elected. It's embarrassing your flip-flops on climate change. Like, what, what is your position on carbon tax? That's really simple. The carbon tax that the B.C. Liberals, now B.C. United, brought in in 2008, that was supported by virtually everybody, John Rastad, myself, uh, environmentalists, was a revenue-neutral carbon tax, meaning by law, every penny had to be returned to the public in the form of lower personal income taxes, lower small business taxes. When the NDP got elected in 2017, they changed the law and said, we're not going to give back that money. We're going to take it all into government. Then they more than doubled it. And now David Eby and the NDP want to triple it in the next six years. There is no way I'm signing off on that at a time when British Columbians are struggling just to meet their family budgets. Not a chance. It's become a tax grab. It was never meant to be a tax grab. It was always a tax shift. So I'm not supporting that. We're not signing off on it. I'm going to oppose them on trying to triple it over the next six years and get back to making sure that we look after people's financial interests because they are struggling. Thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks very much for having me, Mike.